Welcome to Making Room, where we aspire to inspire and empower you with the tools and the skills that you need to feel comfortable opening your doors and filling your tables. We understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening our doors is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing meaning, beauty, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. For those of you that are here today, I would imagine that most of you have been following us for a while. And thank you so much. I'm so glad that you are here because I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. I'm imagining that there are some people, hopeful that there are some people here, that are new to us, new to gather, new to me. And so this first episode is going to be a crash course into Katie 101, <laughs> what we do, why I'm here, a little bit about my husband Colby too, um, to just get us all on the same page. Because listen, everything that we do here. I want you to feel like you're at my own table. Everything in the business, I want you to feel that way. And so in order for that to happen, there just needs to be a lot of transparency. I want to start by setting the tone on who I am. I'd love for you guys to chime in after and let us know who you are, who's listening. And we are just going to keep building from there. So without further ado, if you are anything like me, your table is always full. I hear from you guys all the time, and I once felt this way too, that sometimes the hardest part is finding food that everybody around the table can eat. Here at Gather, we are committed to going before you, trying the products on the market, and letting you know the best ingredients to serve not just those with allergies, but your whole table. It makes life so much easier. So when we're talking about cheese boards and serving your guests, appetizers, easy pick foods, well, we have the perfect cracker for you. The Main Crisp Company has a cracker that is not only gluten-free, it's made with the cleanest ingredients that you could serve with pride. They are crunchy, they are sweet, everybody is guaranteed to love them, that is a promise. Well, our friends at Main Crisp Company want you to enjoy these over and over again and have given you a special code for 15% off. Head on over to maincrisp.com. M-A-I-N-E-C-R-I-S-P dot com and type in promo code GATHER15. That's G-A-T-H-E-R 15 for 15% 15 off. When yours come in, don't forget to tag us in your pictures eating them and let us know how you like them. Now let's get back to the table. There are about a thousand places I could think to start this podcast off at. And that is what I love about this space is that for weeks we get to unpack um, a lot of the truths and the thoughts that are on my heart that have happened um, as a result of this last season. I am just so excited that we're doing this together, guys. So like I said, my name is Katie. I was born and raised in Connecticut. My family moved a lot. Maybe at some point I'll unpack more of my story and why we moved so much. But for a lot of my years, we lived with my Italian grandpa. And if any of you have a nana or have lived with Italian relatives, you know that even though you might have different cultures in your family, nothing can compete with that Italian blood. There are things looking back that just make me laugh because um, I'm not full Italian, but I was raised that way. 
<laughs> and there's a lot, yeah, that I've just come to really love and appreciate. And um, one of those things was the way that Italians gather. And there is joy of life seen through food. I just remember times growing up where there was heaviness or there was sorrow and grieving. And then, of course, celebration and holidays. And the way that Italians bring people to the table in the midst of all of those things is just so beautiful. And I look back to that really fondly. So that was really transformational for me early, early, early on. So I will be honest, moving around was hard on my little heart. But one thing that I was able to see a lot of was different table cultures. And I knew mine. And I also was very aware of what was missing at mine. And I saw other people's and I was just an observer for years. And yeah, we weren't able to host a lot of gatherings, but I was able to attend a lot of them. And I just remember through emotion, <laughs> the things that made me feel welcome at a table and the things that didn't. And without even realizing that was happening, my brain was kind of keeping this log of those very things that drew me to a table or community or made me pull back. So I would, I'm going to expand on that in the coming weeks because there's a lot there. And I'm sure without you guys even realizing it, there are some things in your heart or your mind that say, like subconsciously, I belong here or I don't. High school came around and I attended a very small school. It was just the last two years and it changed everything for me. The way they drew me in, the way they intentionally cared, it was a very special community. Yeah, again, it took me from a place of a season of not feeling like I belonged to intense belonging, which launched me into adulthood in the most beautiful way. I went to college and that sense of belonging from high school really gave me this beautiful courage to just tackle anything. We had an opportunity to study abroad. My then boyfriend and I really felt like we were going to go to Europe and we applied to all these programs and it didn't make sense why we weren't getting accepted, truly. I mean, it's like my grades are good, all the things on paper, you know? There was this one night where uh, we were in my dorm with a bunch of other people and I had had it. I was so exhausted. And I just remember saying, I'm giving up on this thing. We're not studying abroad. I am not applying to another program. The next morning, 8 o'clock, I was in, um, in one of my classes. I studied social work. There was a presenter. It was like a week before the cutoff or something wild. I remember <laughs> going from like, cool as a cucumber to one of those cartoons with like smoke coming out of your ears. I was like, this is some kind of cruel joke. <laughs> this man was talking about this program to Thailand. I had never thought about going to Asia before. Never. And I ended up just bawling. There was something that happened in that time where my heart just knew I had to go. I had to be there. So I left the class called my boyfriend, talked to my mom. My boyfriend was a college athlete. He played baseball. He was a pitcher. Nothing about this made sense on paper. Nothing. Nothing about it. If you know me or if you come to know me, I like knowing details. I like routine. I like control. And this was one of the first times in my life where I was like, I really don't know what I'm getting myself into, but we have to do this. So junior year, we went together. My, um, boyfriend decided that it was, well, you know, I'll refer to him as my husband. We're married now. 
um, he decided he really had to be there. So we went together. I'm so thankful he was with me. We really thought that we were just going there to study. Very frankly thought that it was just going to be the end of just a season, right? Just one and done kind of thing. We get there. And I write about this a lot if you follow us. I did not know what I was going into. I was very naive to the fact that Thailand was a hub for human trafficking and child exploitation around the world. And I'll be very honest with you. I am so thankful that I didn't know about it before going because I would not have gone. I tend to be fearful, and I don't like that about myself, but I know it would have crippled me to the point of not going on the plane. But I'll tell you what happened. So we get to Thailand. I was what? What was I? Eight, nineteen, Junior year? I don't know how old I was. We're walking the streets of this magnificent city. It's a developing country, but it's magnificently beautiful. And we just started to notice things. I remember it. And I felt like our eyes were just peeled to seeing this crisis wherever we went. And so we did fine in the study program, but I know that the purpose of us going there was so much bigger. We're starting to see human trafficking. We're starting to notice literal signs and billboards. As we traveled from the top of the country to the bottom, it got our attention. I don't know if you've ever had something like that. I pray that you do someday because we realized in that moment, okay, this is our responsibility. This is um, something bigger than ourselves that we know we could play a part of. And it doesn't have to be human trafficking, but for us, for us, it definitely was. So we had an internship while we were there, very short. We were only there for three months. It seemed like three years though, with all the exposure we had. I remember landing in Chiang Mai the city in the north that we were in, everything was foreign. And so it just seemed like a sea of people. And I equate that to the way that we look at a lot of social injustice around the world. It's just a sea. It's, <laughs> we just see it as something foreign, something distant, something um, massive, you know, like a disconnect almost. And what this internship allowed us to do with male victims of trafficking was to look them in the eyes and it made the crisis very personal. There was a heart on the other side of what we were seeing. We came back to America, the school year was over, it was time for summer, and I just had this burden on my heart. I'm not gonna say it disturbed me, it was like a peace-filled burden, if that makes any sense. Like, it wasn't guilt, it just, I knew, I knew there was something I had to respond to. I uh, knew I had to go back senior year. There was an opportunity for us in my social work program to have a full semester practicum. It was an uphill climb, let me tell you. I knew I had to go, but it was unlike what anyone in the program had done before. But there was nothing I was more sure of in my life. So it happened. The door was open, but it was it was a difficult season. My husband was not able to go with me. And during this trip, I met people that we didn't even know were going to be our future co-workers and were going to help oversee us as our bosses um, in the future. So again, it was so sweet. I went, for, I went for one purpose, but ended up with another. There was one night that we were doing a, an interview with a client that we had come in, and it was the most graphic, intense details that I had ever heard with my own ears. And I think that in the innocence of just birth and humanity, there's only a certain level of evil that our brains can um, comprehend. It was in this instant of dealing with this client that I realized, oh my goodness, there is another world here that I didn't even know existed. 
and now my life is forever changed. One thing that I want to be transparent with all of you about is my faith is a huge part of who I am, but the way that I want to approach this podcast and my entire business is whatever you believe, you are welcome here. I want to share what's on my heart and what I believe. I want to hear what's on your heart and what you believe. I think that's a beautiful part about the table. So I just wanted to put that put that little disclaimer out there. There will be a lot of different content on this blog. It's not solely faith-based, but every once in a while I'm sure I'll share. So I was in my room one night and I just remember saying, Oh God, I don't know that I could do this. I really don't know if I could handle this. And I just felt like this whisper. I've got you. You're right where you belong. I'm going to be with you. I need you to go do it again. And that was towards the end of my time there. We came back to America. We were not engaged yet, and I had told my boyfriend, um, I need to go. I, I need to be there. I know I had to come back and graduate. It was kind of a requirement. I think the details are blurry. And we decided through a really difficult season to get engaged very quickly get married, and we moved to Thailand. We did it. We, I remember my bridal shower. It was kind of comical. It was like, open a gift, put it in a box, a packing box. Open a gift, put it in a box. We were crazy, and crazy in the most beautiful way. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen someone where you know they're on a pursuit for good, but it's just so against the, the grid, the grain, whatever that expression is? So we got on a plane and only knew the people that I had worked with in the internship. And my husband didn't even know them yet. And we get there. Oh, goodness. Wow. It, it was everything we imagined in this sweet and beautiful sense. But there was so much deeper that we didn't know we were going to be facing past the honeymoon stage that hit hard. It really hit hard. But I'll tell you something that really stood out to me early on. Sometimes we experience pain from hearing things that are happening in the world or other people's lives. And we say pain is a bad thing. Put it away. Get rid of it. But we learned early on that pain is a trigger for your body to respond, whether it's physically or emotionally. And if you think of yourself putting your hand on the stovetop, your brain says, ow, take it off. It's not supposed to be there. It, it triggers a response. What was happening to us is we had such a deep pain response to what we were seeing and hearing every day <laughs> that it really it compelled us to respond. At that point, yeah, we were experiencing some really beautiful pain responses that compelled us to give and serve and love in a way that we didn't know how to, almost like an adrenaline response. It was a that pain response, it's really the only way I know how to explain it. But then we also experienced some health issues. And yeah, it was early on and I had gotten food poisoning, which is not, not uncommon. I just remember that being the beginning of never ending stomach trouble. It took over my whole body. I was so ill. Paired with, you know, autoimmune symptoms, paired with stress, I'm sure it was just an awful concoction of nasty going on in my body. I couldn't be away from the bathroom for more than like 15 minutes. Oh gosh, guys, it was so debilitating for someone so young. Um, I just remember this being the crossroads, and I wish that looking back, I was able to see that with such frustration and such pain, it's like a, a refining, a refining period. So at the same time, we were experiencing a lot of loneliness being away from home, and we were in a community of hundreds of international workers all from all over the world. So many people experiencing this deep loneliness, and um, 
desire to belong. I'm facing this illness. I'm facing this loneliness. And I was like, okay, something's got to give. There's pain here. I don't want to sit in it. I have to do something. The first thing we realized is after a while, we just have to start opening our door. Often when I tell this story, people think, oh, you must have been raised in a family that, you know, wrote hospitality magazines. And that was not the case. Some people say, oh, you know, you just have this in your blood. And maybe I do. Maybe I was born this way and I just didn't know it until now. But it was scary for me. It was hard. It wasn't natural. It just happened. Whoever we were meeting, we would just invite over. I realized, though, that I wanted to eat the same food that my guests were eating. And I wanted it to be clean enough that it was nourishing and healing my body. But so good that they wanted to eat it, too. So this started... The One of the first branches of our business where I wanted to make food, just like I said, clean food, diet-specific food that everyone on the table would enjoy. So we realized um, a few things in this season that invitations are so powerful. When people realize that they belong and that they have been thought of and that there's room for them, you really almost don't need anything more. <laughs> you do, but it's so, that one step is so transformational. And then the second thing that we learned in this season was it didn't take much for me to feel confident as a host and for my guests to feel comfortable in my home. Yes, it was a little bit more complicated because I was trying to tie in this diet-specific approach, uh, but I feel like the skills that I was learning along the way still apply. So this is really where everything birthed, guys. I was a social worker still at this time, and I was working with a lot of teenage clients And I remember thinking, when they go to re-enter society, there is so much taboo and so many missing life skills that it, they're not set up for success. Crazy is what crazy does. (laughs) And this girlfriend over here saw two problems happening. One, people in Chiang Mai didn't really know where to buy food or how to buy food. There wasn't food (laughs) to serve mixed, um, people at the table, you know, with allergies and things like that. And people abroad are facing a lot of different health concerns. And I really think that stress is at at the head of it. But regardless, I was like, okay, there's that problem. And then there's the other problem of these kids having a difficult time reentering society. How can I do this? So it started. I called it shabby and chic treats and eats. (laughs) I was all in. If you know anything about me, though, I have a tendency to go from one to a hundred. I don't want the in-between, or I didn't. I'm learning to appreciate it. And so I launched this thing, and I hired these kids, and I started selling stuff in the city, and it was a huge blessing to people. However, there's a lot that I could say about this that I just don't feel needs to be added. Um, I'm going to skip forward a little bit more. But there began to grow this growing frustration in me because it was very difficult for me as a non-Thai person living in Thailand to open this business and there was just a lot of opposition and I had really high expectations of what I wanted and it wasn't wrong. It just was not the right time. And so one night I woke up from my sleep and I remember having this like dream or vision, whatever you want to call it. It was this massive table filled with people. There was so much activity, so much joy, abundance in food. And I really felt this whisper, it's called gather. And in that point, I knew that what was happening in my heart and this vision that I had for this company was so much bigger um, 
than I was even able to comprehend in that moment that I just had to sit back. We had to make a very, very difficult decision whether this pursuit towards gather was where we were supposed to be placing our attention and our resources or if it was Chiang Mai. And what we realized through a agonizing season was we need to take a season and put our resources and attention into this business. And through this business, we will continue to love and to serve this Thai community. It is very much a huge part of our hearts to still launch the Life Skill Training Center in Thailand with the people that we've come to love, know, and trust that are still there. But for right now, we're back stateside, guys. We have been back. I am recording this in November. It's been eight months. And now it's time for what has been happening with Gather stateside. This episode is brought to you by The Table by Gather. Have you heard that name yet? It's our new name for our workshop series, inspiring and equipping the everyday host with the tools and the skills that they need to feel comfortable opening their doors and filling their tables. Picture this. You walk in to a gorgeous venue. There is a table set for you with a platter that you get to take home, the food wrapped all around it like an art palette, and together with a table full of other guests, we are designing beautiful platters of food that you get to serve. Charcuterie boards, bruschetta, you get to take all of it home, but that's not the best part. You get to go home with the skills that you need to do it again and again. We are here to help foster community and empower you with the goal of full tables. It is a blast. If you want to come to one of our workshops, head on over to thetablebygather.eventbrite.com or head over to our website, gatherintentionalliving.com, to get your tickets. And for those of you that listen to this podcast, we want to give you $5 off with the promo code making room. And hey, if you're not on the East Coast, we would love to come to you. Email us, send us a DM, and we will happily come to where you are. We are excited to have you at our table, but until then, let's get back to the conversation. So when we first got back, um, again, if you guys have followed us, you know this, we were primarily a special diet bakery and catering company trying to bring beauty, special diet food with the same mission as we stated before and we love it we know that we have a knack for it and we only found that after a mountain tall pile of failures <laughs> just as every good talent is birth we realized that when we were in the kitchen hours after hours all by ourselves that something was missing this was not that vision for gather that we saw this was not what we wanted or our heartbeat i always had an interest in business, but I let a lot of very strong voices in my life tell me that it wasn't for me, that it wasn't what I should set my my gaze on. And I listened. And it took a lot of encouragement and prodding and dreams to really realize I don't have a choice but to do this. The same kind of thing happened next for Gather. Something had to change in my heart and in the business. And I heard over and over people talking about the insecurities that they have when it comes to hospitality. Sometimes insecurity has a negative connotation, and I really don't mean it that way. I was just hearing these pain points that people were having when it comes to opening their doors and when it comes to filling their tables. And I was thinking, we live in the land of plenty plenty, plenty. And yet our doors are sealed shut. Our tables are growing dust. It was so hard for my heart to see that it's not just something that people abroad are feeling. It's a shared need of belonging and 
a shared pain of loneliness that we feel even here. It got me thinking, what skills did I learn abroad that I'm able to share with everybody in this business format? And I was in a really sweet gift shop one day, and I had worked with people and taught little workshops and nothing super formal. Me and this gift shop owner got talking, and she's now a friend of mine, and we share the same desire for, for gathering, for purpose around the table. And we launched this first workshop where I was just pouring out my heart on simple ways to make people feel welcome, those skills that I was talking about before. And the most beautiful thing happened. When you are in your element, there is a natural shine that happens, a glow. And it's the glow that I've always noticed in other people. And it was the glow that started to be birthed in me. It was the scariest but the rightest thing that could have ever happened. And in that moment, in that event, my whole new business was birthed, inspiring and equipping the everyday host with the skills and the tools that they need to feel comfortable opening their doors and filling their tables. Since then, oh gosh, I think we've had... 25, 30 workshops, charcuterie, cheese boards, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Guests come to one of our workshops with a platter. We set up this like art palette and step-by-step step, we teach you how to plate this food in a way that you feel comfortable serving your guests and also tying in our first love special diet gourmet, tying in ingredients that everyone at the table still can eat it. Now this has been a series of workshops that we've launched since the summer through the winter and we'll continue to offer these. However, shortly we will be offering more workshops to help you feel more comfortable in your home. Now when you talk about hospitality, a lot of different thoughts come up for people. Perfection. Martha Stewart, Joanna Gaines, all these people, right? Because our culture has set the bar for hospitality so high that you're either there or you're not. However, here at Gather, we have identified topics that if given a little bit of tension, intentionality, you can have a meaningful gathering. So our goal is more gatherings with meaning than gatherings with perfection. So those things are design, people, and food. Those sound so broad. But what we will be doing in this podcast space is unpacking each of those topics in a, with a really unique approach. While yes, I want to give you practical tips, but I also want to go a little bit deeper with you. Tackling hard conversations. Making your guests feel welcome. Having a home that you feel at rest in. Talking about social injustice design and dignity, I'll tell you something. If I've learned anything, it's that being in hiding gets you nowhere. Avoiding difficult conversations only creates more frustration and isolation. In this space, I know that I, just as much as you do, have a responsibility for the way that we use our resources and our words. And this business platform, I do not take lightly. So in this space, I want to talk about hard topics in our culture that come up at the table that nobody's talking about. Because here's what I know to be true. Our culture, as in so many others, are showing the consequences of not enough time around the table. It's a critical human need. And so here at Gather, I want to encourage my table to be filled as much as yours. And listen, as you've heard from this, my background is social work. I am not a hospitality guru, but what I do vow is to go first. I vow to explore unfamiliar territory and let you know what I learned. 
I vow to be here to answer your questions. I vow to be here to talk about the highs and the lows and the tough things that a lot of people aren't willing to explore. But what I hope happens after is that you come with me. I do love writing and I find that I process a lot of my thoughts and what's going on in my heart through writing. And I wrote this a few weeks ago to my ideal customer, which is you. I hope that one day it's in a book that all of us are reading together, but for now, just look at it as a love letter from me to you, a letter of commitment. I just want us to be on the same page. So here we go. You, I wish I knew your name. I know I don't, and maybe I never will. However, you and I have something in common, you see, something deep that connects us, a shared need. You, I feel like we've met. I know we haven't, maybe we never will, but I will fight for you. I'm committed to change for you, for us. A place at the table. You may scoff and I understand. The table is something painful for many of us, unknown for many of us, a struggle for many of us, including myself. How can it be that we live in a culture of such abundance, such blessing, such connection, Yet such emptiness, such loneliness, such disconnect from this space. To truly know the table is to know that the table is more than just the ingredients that fill it or the cloth that covers it. To know the table is to know that it has the capacity of changing the world. Without hesitation, without embellishment, with sincerity. You know why I can say this? Because that table and all that it embodies has changed me. It has radically changed my life. To the host, to you, the one who spends time hosting at the table, this is just as much for you. Because you see, as a host of the table, you are more than just a chef. You are an orchestrator, an orchestrator of people's journeys, highs, and low. If done well, they can all come together to form a beautiful mosaic of all of those around the table. However, if not managed with grace, all of these journeys fall dormant in this space. People leave empty. You are a gatherer along one of the most sacred, beautiful spaces in our culture to unfold, to open your doors, to fill your tables. This is true cultural magnificence, yet I know it's easier said than done, and I know that deeply. However, we all know what hospitality looks like, often. Holding tightly to comfort, the fear kicks in when we start to talk about moving towards new, newness at the table. It's in that space, though, that transformation happens in our lives. For worldviews to have a safe space, for differences to come together with grace, members of our society that don't have a place to land, to rest, in oneness. It's intimidating, difficult to navigate, and just as beautiful as any level of decor that you could display— we are here for you, to walk you through what it looks like to allow this very mosaic to be our tables. To you needing a table. To you, the one who feels like you don't have a table to belong to, I want to talk to you. Not from superiority and not from pity, but from a place of absolute understanding. Oh, how many years of my life I wanted a table. Or the years I had a table but surely did not belong. I see you. I know how deeply the symptoms permeate into every aspect of our life. 
And I know the longing. I know the feeling of being on the outside looking in. And I will fight for you. I will fight for you. And I may not be able to host you at my own table. I may not even be in community with you. However, I fight to inspire hosts, inspire communities to make room. To you, it won't be long. Don't run. Keep saying yes to invitations because it could be you who brings the very beauty that every gathering needs. It could be you who brings the vulnerability that acts as the most beautiful of invitations. Maybe it could be you that fills even just your coffee table with people who just need that space. To all of you, I will fight for you. I will teach you. I will go first into the unknown space and hopefully inspire you to take steps forward with me to make it attainable, beautiful, delicious, and ultimately meaningful. Most importantly, we vow to fight for a generation and a nation that moves away from closed doors and high fences to open doors and full tables. We'll go first. We'll fight first for you. I hope you're coming too. There's so much beauty ahead. Guys, it's kind of hard to say anything after that as I even get teary-eyed reading it all these weeks later. Here's what to expect. So in the coming weeks, we have four friends lined up that we are stoked about. Guys, I'm not even from California, but just let me say it, okay? (laughs) We will be talking about how to extend invitations, who to invite, We will be talking about managing difficult conversations around the table, specifically those surrounding social injustice. We'll be talking about the link between design and dignity and why design even matters. I'll be finishing off this launch series of how to serve mixed tables, specifically focused on food allergies and sensitivities. I hope that you are just as excited as we are about this space. Thank you guys for being here. As always, with any podcast, if you could share it, if you could rate it, it gets us into different communities and bigger networks to help keep this space alive. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, guys, thanks so much for being here.